Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening and welcome to uh, another World Cup Man on the Post special edition. Uh, I am Chris, with me I have got Laura. Hi. And I've got Mark. Hello. We're going to be talking about the last 16 games that have happened so far. So that's uh, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Uruguay, uh, Holland, Mexico. And we're going to be previewing the rest of them. Uh, we've got some thoughts aplenty, I'm sure, on um, on those games that have happened, plus any other incidents that uh, may end up biting us on the bum or not, as you may be aware um, so first of all, the early kickoff yesterday was um, Brazil beat Chile. It was one-one, and then Brazil went through three-two uh, on penalties. Were Brazil lucky? Either of you? I wouldn't say they were. I wouldn't say they were lucky necessarily, but they were. It was just a very even, two very evenly matched teams, in my opinion. Um, but I think perhaps um, the, the Chile maybe burnt themselves out when they were on top. Um, and because they could have taken taken Brazil, I think. Um, but Brazil aren't a, they're not great. I don't think are they? No. no. I think they're eminently beatable. I mean, they got Colombia next. You'd, you'd have to make Colombia favourites, wouldn't you? How times have changed. Mm, no, I, I still think you would make Brazil favourites because they're at home. Just, but yeah. I mean, if if you if this game was to play uh, in a World Cup in a different country, what would you say then? Would you? Think Colombia are favourites, or would you still make Brazil? Uh, Brazil, just because their players are big, big time players. You know, they play on the biggest stage. Even, whatever you think of David Luiz, if you think he's good or terrible, you know, he's used to playing on the big stage. How many of the Colombian players have been through that experience in club football or or in big international matches before? That's where I think maybe Brazil might just have the edge, even if Colombia going into it are the team in form. Mm. Wow, Colombia do have. James Rodriguez, don't they? That was a hell yeah. of a goal. Yeah, but Brazil, are, Brazil are pretty decent at the back. You know, um, you that's one thing you can. That's one thing you can say about them. You know, they're going to be fairly tough to break down without being sparkling going forward. Do you think they're good at the back? Do you? I think they're sound. Yeah, they're one of the sounder teams in the competition. Right. Okay. Well, maybe they're all tired out after singing their national anthems. They both sang them with um, proper gusto, didn't they? All that was missing was Ivan Zamorano bursting his lungs out. The Hawk handball, there was there was the disallowed goal, wasn't there? Uh, the ball came in and Hawk kind of he sort of used his shoulder or his hand. I thought it was fair enough. I thought it was handball. I thought the booking was a bit harsh. Martin Keown thought it was a legitimate goal. What did you guys think? It hit his arm. It was a good spot, I think, by the linesman. Yeah. I don't think it was a yellow card. I thought that was a bit harsh. No, yeah, that... Mm. I'm not sure what <laughs> what that constituted. I really don't. It's uh, there've been far worse things that haven't been yellow carded than that. Yeah, and the Chile unlucky as well in the last minute, weren't they? With the um, I think that crossbar is still rattling. Mm. Oh, that was a hell of a shot. It was, wasn't it? I did feel very sorry for him. Um, 
the penalties. Uh, I don't know what um, Julius Cesar has been doing all season, but he's not been doing that for QPR. But there were some good saves in there, wasn't there? And I think Neymar's going to get found out with his shuffle run-up at some point. Do you think he'll do it again, though? Oh, I think he will. I mean, it's, it's, it's what he did against Croatia, wasn't it? He nearly got found out then. And I think he makes better teams. And uh, if they get any more penalty shootouts, I think better keepers are going to be watching what he's doing. Well, he does it, though, to, to see which way the keeper's going, though, doesn't he? So I suppose the keeper's going to be always on the back foot doing that. Uh, well, not if the keeper stays still. At some point, Neymar's got to kick the ball. If, unless he shuffles all the way up, like sort of moonwalks all the way up and you never know. Just need to do the grubble our legs. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's worked for him. Worked for Jersey Dudek as well, didn't it, Mark? Yeah, it did. That's right, yeah. Um, the late game last night was Colombia-Uruguay. Uh, that goal. I mean, are we, are we saying Hamas? Are we being all blizzard hipster or are we going to say James? Jimmy. Jamie, Jamie Rodriguez. Jamie, and he's a torch. <laughs> well, I've already seen people on Twitter calling him J Rod, so they were <laughs> they were unfollowed. That's not a that's not a bad nickname, is it? J Rod. J Rod. I'd like yeah. that. No, it makes him sound like a basketball player. Do you think? I mean, what's your nickname? Have we got Jonesy and Godders here? Is that is that your nicknames? <laughs> Godders. <laughs> Funnily enough, yeah, that was one of my nicknames. Well, one, of the, one of the more broadcastable ones. Wouldn't what? you rather have been called M God or something? Just God. God'll do. <laughs> okay. That's how I should be I should be referred to that on most formal occasions. Well we'll do that from next season onwards. Next season's podcast we'll do that. Waiting for God Yeah. Yeah. Normally, normally waiting for M webs, but that's a different thing. <laughs> it was a stunning goal. I mean, the the fact that he looked where the keeper was before he controlled it on his chest. Yeah, the fact that it even went through his mind. Do you know what I could do now? I could chest it, turn it and volley it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Or swaz it, as uh, Ian Wright said last night. Swaz it? He swazzed it, apparently. Did he? Mm. Well, that's better than Phil Tuffin was saying on Test Match Special he twatted it. <laughs> it's a legitimate term. That's what Tuffers said. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the best goal of the tournament? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it, it's up there with probably Cahill's volley. Okay. I still got. I still like quite like Robbins in the first game against Spain, where he sort of refused to pass, checked back, and um, and volleyed it in the middle. Quite a lot of people are still saying Robbie Van Persie's header. Mm. Van Persie's head is fantastic just for purely for the Daily Blind cross. Oh, you prefer the cross rather than the actual header? I think the cross is beautiful. It just sort of sits right on his head. I mean, the head is wonderful, but uh, yeah, both combined. But, um, You're such a hipster, do you know that? I am not. You keep saying this. I am <laughs> the least hipster person you can ever come across. Although having said that, I like Honda's goal for Japan in their first game. Well, that was a good goal, wasn't it? Mm. That was a very good goal. Is um, Rodriguez player of the tournament? Have you got any other candidates so far? He's on four. He's on four goals, isn't he, with Neymar and, and Messi? Sorry, what did you both say? Yeah, he's he's got to be up there, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, I think he's done very well. I mean, he, he was a known quantity before. I mean, he's forty million euros stuck into Monaco. It's not like he's sort of. He's not yeah. Roger Miller come out of nowhere, is he? But you know, of all the names you would have thought, his wouldn't have been top for player of the tournament. I think he's done very well. No, we've got we've got a long way to go though, you know, and it's you can only 
you can say that he he's possibly the player of the ton up to now, but you know, Messi is kind of warming up, isn't he? Yeah. And you'd expect him to expect certainly expect Argentina to get to the semis. Neymar could keep just banging the goals in, you know. But up to now, you'd say Rodriguez is is challenging. Should Uruguay have had a penalty? Diego Forlan kind of got body checked, didn't he, by a Colombian defender? He wasn't happy about it either. Did he not just lose his balance? <laughs> and then, and then, is that not what it was? I accidentally fell into him. Accidentally, he's accidentally <laughs> brutally bit the man's face off. <laughs> Should they have had a penalty? He did back him a bit, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he did. I mean, it was, he looked towards the defender, looked towards Forland, didn't he? And he kind of sort of knew what he was doing. Yeah, but you're never going to get, or you're very rarely going to get that decision above any others because it it can be made to look accidental in the eyes of the referee and just to come in together. At, you know, when the ball comes across the box. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've done it while playing as well. So there's ways of there's ways of doing it. Not that I've it, not that I've cheated, of course, or advocate cheating. It was cynical, but clever in the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, was Suarez the reason they didn't go through? Would they have won with him, or Colombia just too good? It's difficult to know, isn't it? Because. The bigger teams like Brazil and Uruguay, and they've all got this key player, this world-class player that they're they're relying on. And Uruguay clearly do rely quite a lot on Suarez. Mm. Well, two things I'd say about Uruguay is they they were they were really good to watch in the World Cup four years ago when they got to the semis. They were good good um, progressive football team. They were equally as good when they won the South American Championship a couple of years back. Um, but they don't seem to have the same zip throughout the team this time round. And obviously Suarez isn't fit. I mean, I watched the Italy game and you can tell he wasn't 100% fit. So even if he'd not got himself banned... That was before he hurt his teeth as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Before he got banned, I don't know if his influence would have been that big because I don't think his influence, other than the England game, was as great as you would expect it to be because he's not fit. So that you know, maybe Colombia are the team on the rise, and Uruguay are on the team on the way down. Maybe so. It's still really sad that you say that that a, a non-fit Suarez still tore England apart. Yeah, yeah, it is. Hopefully, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that he t- that he, he tore England apart. I just think England were very rudderless in that game, and a couple of defensive lapses let Uruguay win the game. Uruguay were equally as bad as England in that match. They just wanted to win it more. Well, Suarez individually wanted it to win more as well, didn't he? Yeah, you could say that. But I think as a team, Uruguay were putting their bodies on the line a lot more than England. And England just did, didn't seem to have any direction in that game. So I don't think... Uh, I'm not surprised Uruguay went out at this stage against a team who were playing the way Colombia are. Mm. And if someone wanted to read an alternate viewpoint about this, about Luis Suarez, Mark, is there any websites they could go to about it? <laughs> for, for those in the zero point zero zero one percent who shares a similar view to you, Chris, then yes, you can go to thefootballpink.net and read the article called uh, "More uh, Much a Chew About Nothing." That's a hell of a title. That is some genius thought of that. It's a Shakespearean tragicomedy. <laughs> so that's something from Naked Gun. 
<laughs> Did anybody agree with you, Chris? No. <laughs> no, nobody. My point was, I wasn't defending him. My point was, is everybody cheats in football and there's far more important things to worry about than a man biting somebody who carried on playing anyway. But it Did wasn't we... cheating. It wasn't to their advantage for well, him more important, to bite him. No, there's more important, than bite, there's more important things than biting. There is, but I think you've got to look at... Forget, forget for a second all the things you raised in the article about... Um, corruption in football and so on and so on. Um, people I think you just dying. Have to look, yeah, people dying and all these sort of things. Just think about how strange the th- that he's done that he's done what he's done three separate occasions, completely unprovoked. You know, uh, there's jostling happens in all football games. It's not as if, for example, this time round, Chiellini, Chiellini punched him in the face and then he retaliated by biting him on the shoulder. They were they were kind of going for a cross in the box. And on first view, I thought he'd stuck the nut on him. But then when they, when they slowed it down and played it in slow motion, you just thought, what, what is wrong with him? And then, actually, you know, that's bad enough. But what makes it worse is you would think that Uruguay would learn the, learn the lessons from what Liverpool did wrong when it came to defending him, particularly on, more so on the racism thing than the biting. And, and the, 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 the problems that, that Liverpool made for themselves... I mean, Uruguay have, been made, have made themselves just look monumentally foolish by sticking up for him as vehemently as they have. Well, Diego Lagano said goodbye to Suarez at the, at the hotel, gave him a hug and said, sometimes life isn't fair. You must think he must just be the great <laughs> bloke on the planet away from the football fit, pitch to, to, to garner such... Bitch. Football bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. From the football bitch that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that he must you know he, he gets so much respect and love and and support and and all out from his teammates and what have you. You must just think he he, he must be Mother Teresa when he's not no, playing I football. Think he's, the, he's the opposite. He's that sort of eccentric maverick that if he's on your side you love him. If he's on, <laughs> if he's on the opposite side you think he's a twat. Well, I kind of think that um, Tabarez, the Uruguay manager, I think he's. Um, He's Comical Ali from the Gulf War. This is what Comical Ali did after he finished uh, being a general in Iraq. He went and became the Uruguayan manager. I've played with players back in the day who were immensely gifted. But they were usually total twats. Yes. And (laughs) And eventually you lose respect for however good they are as footballers from what they're like, either on both on and off the pitch, personality wise. Uh, which would make me not want to support that player had they done something that you know you'd want to stick up for them for. As a clod hopping goalkeeper and central defender, there's nothing worse than strikers with talent. They're all twats. <laughs> Every single one I've ever played against. <laughs> um, uh, moving on to today's game, we've had the early kickoff already. So we've had Holland to Mexico one. You have to feel desperately sorry for Mexico, don't you? I mean. 87 minutes gone, they were winning 1-0. Four minutes later, they're losing 2-1. Well, I've been saying it right from that Spain game where they, where they whooped them 5-1. You just were, I think we're all waiting for Holland's bubble to burst and it nearly burst today because they were, they were poor apart from the last 15 minutes when Robin woke up. Um, and, you know, Mexico... I feel You're right, you've got to feel sorry for Mexico. I think they're cursed because going back donkey's years, they always turn up at a tournament with a good... Solid team, good 
technical players and so on and so on. But something always conspires against them that they can never get past this this point, you know, whether it's mm. bad luck. They always seem to get tricky draws when they get this far. You know, never winning the group always works against somebody. But Mexico always seem to end up getting a crappy draw that stops them getting far. But I think the one thing they lack, they always lack, but you could see it today, is they lack that one quality player like a Robin that Holland had or Rodriguez for Colombia or Messi for Argentina, whoever it might be. They just lack that one world-class midfielder or, or centre-forward or whatever, who, if they'd had him, they would have killed Holland off well before the end. You've got to feel so desperately sorry for Rafa Marquez, though, haven't we? I don't think it was a penalty. And of all the players to give away the penalty, it was him. Yeah. Well, there's masses of debate. Is it a penalty? Is it not a penalty? Well, he touched him, but it's a contact sport, isn't it? But, it, I mean, you, you go on about like diving in to get free kicks and cheating and stuff, and you're, it, it is wrong. But if you're going to dive in at Robin in the last minute yeah. in a penalty area of a World Cup knockout match, then you're kind of asking for your own trouble. Mm. Like, make, you know, stand him up. If he crosses the ball and somebody else scores or he goes and whacks the ball in from a tight angle, then great. Robin's, Robin's a fantastic player and he's done you. What you don't do is you don't make your own problems. And Marquez is old enough and experienced enough to have known not to... Not to at that stage of the game, not to dive in, especially as they've they're they're out on their feet, they're seconds from extra time, where you know Holland were equally as knackered as Mexico were. Mm. I think it was just it was just stupidity, but stupidity maybe brought on by fatigue, playing in thirty odd degree heat and all the rest of it. Yeah, you don't make the best decisions, do you? I suppose at the, at the end of the game, as you would do at the start. No. Before that, though, Schneider, I think if anybody got in the way, he would have. Kick the ball straight through their bodies, left with some kind of comedy hole in their tummies, wouldn't they? He absolutely thumped it. Mm, that's all he did, though, isn't it? Mm. Mm. He's not he's had not the greatest the tournament, has he? Well, you could, he's been on the decline now for two or three years, hasn't he? Um, you can see. Is it the position he's playing? Do you think? I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I've seen him quite a bit in the last couple of years. He was at Inter, and obviously now he's. If you go into Galatasaray from Inter. That says a lot in my book. He turned down United, didn't he? I, that was a mistake for him, for him personally yeah. at the time. Um, but yeah, I think he's one of them. Like Van der Vaart, he might still be relatively young, but he's probably already peaked. Yeah. I, I don't think he's that young. I think he's 30-odd. Um, I think yeah, he's, we've he's had only... this debate before, haven't we, about his age? Yeah, I think he's only 30. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but 30, you know, that there are plenty of players who would consider 30 to still be their peak well sold off I'm 36 <laughs> I'd love yeah, to be 30 past your peak. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be 30 again coming up in a bit then we've got Costa Rica versus Greece uh, is anybody excited about this one well can I just go back slightly Sorry, of course just, you can. we were talking about players of the tournament mm. uh, Mexico's keeper Ochoa mm. he yeah. has been absolutely magnificent this tournament mm. and Deserved a lot more than what happened in those last four minutes. Well, he plays for a club that's just been relegated from League One. He plays for Ajaxio, so you kind of wonder what the future bodes for him. Well, he's a free agent now, isn't he? So, oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you pronounced that relatively safely. What's that? Ajaxio. Ajaxio. Have I said that right or wrong? <laughs> just about right, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
tonight then, uh, the next game is Costa Rica versus Greece. So, I mean, are we looking forward to this one or is this a bit sort of, we'll watch Kasabian at Glastonbury? I think it'll be an interesting game. Huh? We, we kind of know what Greece are going to do. I'm quite looking forward to this game, actually. I think it's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, we're going to we're going to find out are uh, Costa Rica the real deal, or were they just you know um, lucky, you know lucky recipients of the big three in that group slitting each other's throats? Yeah, I mean and we're going to find that out against Greece because you know Greece, <clears throat> although they're limited, they're always difficult to break down. So, uh, and we'll go to do a professional job on Costa Rica if they can. And if you asked me before the tournament, if if you paired those two together, who would win? I would suggest that it would be Greece. Hmm. But that, uh, that's why it's an interesting game. It might not be a great game, but I think it is an interesting matchup between a team still fairly fairly unknown and a team we know more than enough about. I think it's going to be quite an interesting game for that respect. I think it's going to be good to see the Costa Rican strikers versus the Greek defenders. Um, I have to say. I'm kind of rooting for Greece for this. But they, I think one of my favourite moments of the World Cup was just um, at the end of the Ivory Coast game. I don't know anybody saw this, but as soon as the final whistle went for Ivory Coast versus Greece, Samaras walked over to the goalkeeper who was still on the floor for Ivory Coast and gave a big hug and helped him to his feet, which is something he didn't have to do. And um, quite impressive. So I'm, I'm kind of veering for Greece on this one. Mm. Well, we say that Greece has got a decent defence, but then they got battered 3-0 by Colombia. Yeah, but I think it's a bit different kettle of fish in Costa Rica and Colombia. Well, they're they're very attacking minded. I know they've not got a James Rodriguez, but they're um, who? They James Rodriguez. No, J Rod. J Rod. J Rod. James. Well, they got J Cam, haven't they, for Costa Rica? It's a, it's a very traditional Costa Rican name, Campbell. Was I being racist there? Inadvertently. <laughs> Sorry, my no, 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 no. <laughs> you banned me for eight pods. <laughs> is it quite a traditional name? Is it? Is this from the Scots? Is it that went over and tried to colonise the place and all ended up dying? Probably, yeah. <laughs> what a lovely story. This is. Don't you remember this story? This is for a different podcast, but this is how we ended up having the union in the first place with, um, with Scotland. Is they all went over to Panama or Costa Rica to find found a colony in the mid 1600s, and they all died and got into an enormous national debt, and they begged for union with England. No, usually those the the, the people from that area of the world have got English surnames because they're um, or British surnames because their ancestors worked on plantations owned by the families with those names. That's how mm. they, came they were named after their slave driver. That's oh, it. How sweet. Mm. <laughs> Terms of in, a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me a career. I'll have my name after it. Mm. All right. Uh, so that's racism and slavery with um, got covered tonight. Uh, so God, who did we say after that? Costa Rica or Greece? Are we all sort of sticking towards Greece, are we? Uh, I'd like to see oh, Costa Rica do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. You nothing, too. Nothing against Greece. I just. Would like to see Costa Rica do well. All right, no problem. Tomorrow's early game is um, France Nigeria. I'm I'm gutted that Bosnia didn't make it through. I think Nigeria, the poorest team that's left. I was surprised Bosnia didn't come out of that group because even <clears> on, on on paper, let alone how they played, I thought they should have they should have come through. And 
Nigeria, I, I didn't expect. You know, they've got Shola Amiobi in their squad, for example. That that doesn't really. <laughs> You're not impressed by that. It doesn't really indicate that they should be getting out of that group. And France, Just... France again, but a little bit like Holland. Maybe they're they're slightly overachieving, and maybe their bubble will burst. But I can't see them not thrashing Nigeria. Well, this is the French cycle. Have you seen this? France won the well. France, um, they ninety four was when they didn't qualify because of Ginla in the last minute. Ninety eight they won it. Oh two they collapsed, didn't they? Do you remember when they sort of um, yeah. Senegal beat them? Oh six they get to the final. Uh, Two thousand and ten they fall out over seats on the bus, and then here we are in two thousand and fourteen. So this is this is the cycle of um, the time that the good things happened to them. Well, we've not seen what they can do yet because they had. To all intents and purposes, the easiest group. Oh, Switzerland was a good game. I thought. I thought they they're a tough team. The Swiss. Mm. But I suppose when you got Senderos and Jura at the back, you know, is that a test? Yeah, you're asking for trouble then, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, got, to counterbalance it, they've got Shakiri. So. Yes. They've got a very good mix in France. I think. You know, they've got players like Valbuena, who's a very good little footballer. Little being the operative word, but he's a very talented little, clever little player. And then you've got like powerhouses like Pogba and Benzema up front, who's a good all-round centre forward. And then you've got you know a couple of winger types and you know a decent defence. They're a good mix team. You're not you know they've got a bit of strength and panache. So maybe they're the ones who are like you say they might do best out of the European teams. Well, the justification of leaving Nazri at home has paid off as well, hasn't it? Well, if he's a narky little so-and-so, you don't need that in in a World Cup squad. Because, I mean, look what's happened, for example, at Ghana. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's happened down the years, hasn't it? Holland, it's happened to a few times. I'm sure it's happened to other teams at this tournament. Maybe we don't even know about. You don't need somebody agitating um, mm. in a squad when you're there to win the World Cup. And Deschamps obviously seems to have made the right decision about Nasri. Mm, same with them. Ribery did him a favour in that respect as well, didn't he? Getting injured. Mm. Is it still his buttock surgery that's playing up? Big pardon, sorry. Ribery had buttock surgery. Did he? Is it uglier than his face? <laughs> no, I've never seen it, Chris. I don't know. <laughs> what a scar! That'd be a hell of a scar on his ass, wouldn't it? He's like a <laughs> God. It's like a one-man game of operation. <laughs> um, Benzema we've talked about Messi a little bit haven't we we've talked about Rodriguez and um, uh, and Neymar as well is it time for Benzema to shine could be could be he's one of those players when you watch him or when I've watched him for Real Madrid okay he's always got superstars around him but he'll have some cracking games and then for weeks on end, he'll be kind of anonymous or the ball will bounce 20 yards off him when he's trying to, you know, he couldn't drop a bag of sand. He's just, when he's on form, he's really, really explosive. This could be ideal, couldn't it? A series of five or six games in a short period of time. And if he finds his scoring boots, then this could be him, couldn't it? And he's, you know, up top, he's the main man for France, where he has to share the limelight with Bale and Rod, uh, Ronaldo for Real Madrid. So maybe he goes into his shell a bit mm. when he plays for Real Madrid, but... For France, he's uh, he knows he's top dog, so he get you know he comes comes becomes more confident and more likely to try and more more ease with himself and the way he plays when he plays for France. Okay, 
Uh, two, uh, so Monday evening's late game is Germany versus Algeria. Now this is revenge. Certainly is a dish best served cold, isn't it? This is the revenge of the Anschluss. Mm. Uh, in 1982, Germany and Austria and uh, really helped each other by playing out a goalless draw to qualify. Um, and the people that didn't benefit, the people that lost out from that were Algeria. So. Was it a goalless draw? Yeah, I think Germany won. Was it? One Germany nil. won one nil, didn't they? Did they? And they, they scored after about ten or twenty minutes, and then that was the. Oh, that was it. Was it? Yeah. Well, oh, hmm. what what do I know? Um. Well, that bloody ruined that then, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, in 1982, they played out a one nil game. Um. I quite like Algeria. I like the fact that they seem to be playing good football. I like the fact that they're drawn from sort of second generation. Algerians, um, pretty much born in France or play a lot of their tra- play their play their game in France. We've seen France do the same thing in the opposite way around with Zidane and players like that. So I'm I'm quite I quite like Algeria. I don't think they're going to beat Germany, and I think if anything, Thomas Muller is going to try and um, put his name on that golden boot a bit more. But I'd love to see Algeria do something. I have a bit of a soft spot for Algeria, but just purely for Majid Bouguera. So, because um, he was uh, out Wednesday for not very long, actually, probably just over a year. It's always good, isn't it, when you see somebody at the World Cup that was at your team for just a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just has this way about him. He's he's very straight backed in the way that he runs. It's like he's sort of confidently striding as he's running, but he likes to take the ball and sort of play it out of defence mm. um, and he he's just he just doesn't get flustered It's he's just a very calming influence at the back they're not completely out of it I mean G- Germany were my tip for the tournament beforehand and you know you still think they're going to get far but um, the Ghana Ghana gave them a right good fright didn't they in that second group game mm. And I didn't see the USA game. I saw maybe a couple, few highlights in that, but it didn't seem that USA were were outplayed or anything, or or outfought. I don't know if Germany rested any players or whatever, but it wouldn't be a shock for me if if it went to something, if it went to extra time, for example. Right. Was well, there no Podolski tomorrow? Is there? He's injured. I don't think that's any great loss for them. No. no? Okay. Not when they've got Muller. No, that's very true. Uh, he's if he's on fire, you think you kind of think it's um, it's a done deal, don't you? In his false nine position, hipster. <laughs> it's strange because he he's often stuck out on the right wing, isn't he, for Bayern Munich and for a lot of times when you see for Germany. But I think he's a second striker. You know, if if you play four four two, I think it's I think he's a centre forward. He's not a winger. I agree. He's he's he. He's a goal scorer. He's a he sniffer. He's very traditional in the way that he goes for goal. He's a funny old player. I mean, you're watching for Bayern Munich, and of course, Bayern Munich they're focused around Robin and and Ribery, and everyone likes the fact that Lahm's now in central midfield. He kind of quietly goes about his business, doesn't he? Just scoring. He's a very similar to player player from from to how Klinsmann was back in the day. Klinsmann didn't really do much that you would notice on the pitch for Germany. But when him, when him and Voller were up front together, you know they were they always knew to be in the right place at the right time and combine with the right players around the edge of the box and they could finish. And Muller's very much in the the mould of Klinsmann, I think. He's mm. that sort of leggy, 
sort of a bit bit like um like a foal galloping through the field you know always looks a little bit unsteady on his legs you know with his socks around his ankles but he's deceptively quick deceptively strong but he's always in the right place at the right time and he can finish and there's so much to come from him i mean he's only what 24 something like that he's not real at all is he's very very just think god he's he's got another two three world cups in him he's he's he could really just go so far well same for a lot of this German team isn't it they've got Ozil and they've got um, uh, Neuer at the back I mean the, the nucleus Goethe, so yeah. Reyes oh no he's not I know he's not in uh, Royce, Royce is not in the tournament but you look at those players who else have they got that's young um, Gundogan when he comes back to Mertesacker as well is fairly well he's not too old is he he's got 100 and odd caps Podolski's still only about 17 isn't he Mm. He's no, he's about thirty, or I think. <laughs> you know, he's been around forever. I'm, po- I'm Polish. Yeah, I'm Polish, like closer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're all relatively young, but they're all coming to a. Or most of them are actually kind of peaking, round about now. I think that's yeah. what made me think that Germany might be the what the, the ones who will go on and win it. I think Germany. Yeah, I think this might be a tournament too soon. I think the Euros in a couple of years' time. I think could be their time. Well, they're back on European soil then, aren't they? Because I mean. The European side's never won it in South America, so... Yeah, it's not been held there for a long time, though. Mm. And the Euros are going to be in France, and we all know how much the Germans like France. (laughs) 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 Well, it is a little bit of a misnomer, isn't it? I mean, 1978, the the Argentinian junta kind of had it sewn up a little bit. Before then, you've got to go back to about 1950, haven't you, for a World Cup to be played in South America? I suppose. Um, No, 62 was in Chile. Okay, 62 then. So. And if, it depends if you count Mexico as South America or not. No, it's not. Well, it's no. Central it bo- America. It but borders it's America. <laughs> it borders the United States. It can't be that far south. All right, then. It's uh, worth a shot. No, I know. No, but I know I know what you're saying. I wasn't sort of purposely trying to, trying to be flippant. flippant with me. Sorry? You were just being flippant with me. No, no, not entirely. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> All right, a little bit. But yeah, I think this. I think maybe a little bit too soon for this German team, but I think they're going to win tomorrow. I would love some kind of upset there. Mm. It would be fantastic. I, I don't yeah. think you're going to get it there. No. Well, are we going to get it on Tuesday? The early kickoff there is Argentina Switzerland. Argentina. I don't think it looked all that. I tweeted the other day: Messi 2014 equals Baggio 1994, and I think there's a little bit in that in the fact that he's kind of carried them through so far, hasn't he? Yeah. The, ge- the couple of games I've seen Argentina play, I saw them play Iran, and I thought Iran were brilliant. Mm. Um, and I saw, who did they play in their first game? Bosnia. Bosnia, again, they weren't they weren't great. I don't think Messi's played to his best yet. But, no. yeah, his goals are carrying them. The likes of Aguero, Di Maria, they haven't really chipped in, I don't think, as yet. But if they do, then they will give Switzerland a hide-in. Because Switzerland's defence is so poor. But Switzerland, have, again, they've got Shakiri and all these kind of players that can trouble Argentina too. So that this could be one of the games of the tournament, I think. I think of all the teams that haven't clicked yet, if they did click, Argentina could be frightening. They're going to they're gonna be going full out to trying to win the World Cup in Brazil. Mm. So Why I think, do you think it's not clicking? Say again, sorry? Why do you think it's not clicking with them? Because this has always sort of been said about Argentina is that they never quite do it at this stage, at this level. No, well, they did okay the last World Cup, didn't they? So they met Germany in the quarters. 
I think that, that was for, that was the sort of force of personality in Maradona that got them that far. I, I, the last three, two or three World Cups, probably going back to '98, even they've always had on paper probably the best squad yeah. in the tournament. You know, you look back and they've had five or six players who you would say would walk into any team in a European club side, and they've had that probably since '90. 98, 2002, 2006, and mm. certainly 2010. This time, I don't think they've got as many big-name players. Um, Do you not think? I, and I think they haven't yet worked out... I don't, think yet, I don't think they've yet worked out how to play to Messi's potential, and that's what they're trying to work out, to build a team that's going to... or build a system or whatever to, to utilise Messi to his best. Prof- you know, the best way to do it is to try and copy what they did in 86, just, just give the ball to Messi. Forget, and they gave it to Maradona in '86. But that would mean, like the likes, the the other two or three world class players they do have, sacrificing themselves for Messi. And do you think they do that? That's where Argentina have come a cropper, I think, in the past. It's a big headache, isn't it? Because you've got ten other players on the pitch, so obviously the sum is greater than its parts. But you have got this phenomenal talent, so the temptation must be to try and build a team around this player and of course you see it when Messi gets subbed off that what do they do then you know you've got this phenomenal player that can do almost anything with the ball so that's what you want to do you want to build your team around him but when he's not there then what's your plan B yeah that's essentially and... the same argument that um, people were having about Rooney whether we built the England around Rooney or whether we just took him out and built a team and Argentina kind of had that problem. I'm not saying that Messi is on any... <laughs> Rooney is on the same level as Messi. Believe me, he's not. But it's this individual versus team argument that keeps happening. Yeah. And the thing is, you've got, you, ha- you have to look at the likes of Chile and Colombia who don't... OK, there's one or two players who've kind of made themselves more um, noticeable in this tournament... Chile, if they'd beaten Brazil yesterday and gone on to the semis, let's say, the the whole is the greater than the sum of its parts. Colombia, you could say almost the same thing. Mm. Exactly. Um, and, and maybe that's what's going to get people through, or it should anyway, but particularly in this World Cup, trying to rely on one player. Look at Holland today. Ro- without Robin popping up in the last 15 minutes, they were gone. Mm. Well, you everyone know, Mex- said that... Mexico outplayed them and outbattled them. When Falcao got injured, everyone said that that's Columbia's World Cup done, didn't they? Yeah, they just found a way to, to do without him. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, Swiss, um, they've got some good players. They've got uh, Shaki, uh, Barami, Shakiri. They're not slouches, are they? But you would fancy Messi and Higuain and, and Aguero versus Juru and Senderos, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I, I don't think Argentina's back four looks that great. No. So that's is why this is why I think it might be you know one of the best games of the tournament you know like a three two or you know end to end kind of game. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Mm. Um, the final game is USA Belgium. Um, I mean again here's another team that hasn't quite clicked. Everyone had big hopes of Belgium before the game. Um, hipsters like <coughs> Laura, um, they thought that they were the sort of un, you know the, the team that had the most potential, but. I never said anything about <laughs> Belgium. <laughs> no, I know. You're just making stuff up now. I know. It's the hipster stick again. Um, but no, I mean, lots of people had them down as, as the team to watch, didn't they? And again, they struggled to click. They 
you can look at it as they've either struggled to beat teams or they have beaten teams that naturally any team would have found hard to break down. Um, what do you think? Um, personally, I've said this to a couple of people on Twitter. I don't know if I've said it on one of the previous podcasts we've done last season, but I, I got, kind of get the feeling that Belgium, although they've got a lot of younger players, may actually have mm. already peaked. Mm. A lot of their bigger name players, I think, aren't in great form. Like Vertonghen wasn't great towards the back end of the season for Spurs. Um, Fellaini obviously disappeared since he was, went to Manchester United. He's not as influential and he's not even starting for Belgium. Um, Lukaku had a great first half of the season and then it was poor for the second half of the season. Has done nothing this tournament. I don't think... I, I'm one of these people who don't buy into all the hype about company. You know, I think he's a good player, but he's not a great player. So I kind of, I, I kind of think that maybe Belgium may have already peaked in their qualifying when their players were all kind of playing well. And I think this is where this might be the game where the upset comes. I think USA might beat Belgium. Well, they say that this is a quite a unified team, don't they, for, for Belgium? They had the older generation versus the newer generation. You've got a lot of players there who are second generation Belgians versus naturalised Belgians, and of course in that you've got the Flemish Belgians versus you know other German, other Belgians as well, haven't you? Sort of French-speaking, German-speaking. But they say this is the this is the most unified Belgian team they've had for some time. But this is the this was the tournament for them, wasn't it? Plus I've got them in my sweepstake. I don't think they know what their best team is. I think that's what they struggled with in the in the group stages. They did a lot of swapping and changing, and it's not been the same every game. I just don't think the manager knows who his best team is. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling with that, don't you? He's got so many good players and he's either trying to make them all happy or he doesn't quite know how to play. This is like on Championship Manager when you've been there for a few years and you've got the best players in the world all playing for your team and you kind of want to play them all, but you know you can't, that sort of scenario. I think a lot a lot of them, they don't have a halfway house. They're either shit or sugar. Mm. You know... <laughs> Morales, Lukaku. I'm not carrying yours for a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morales, Lukaku, Fellaini, uh, Mertens, uh, Vittel. You know, you, they either look, they're, they're either very, very poor or excellent, and you can never get them combined all at the same time. I know that from watching Morales. He can be brilliant, and then you want to punch him in the face the next minute because he's so terrible. Mm. And I think they've got quite a few players like that. That if they do hit hit right all the players playing to the maximum potential at the same time they could they they do have the potential to get you know semi-finals or more but it's getting that all at the same time and you know you've got the usa look prepared to die for each other mm. and they're all that that's the the archetypal team right there is there's the american team um and like i say i i, I just think that they might out battle belgium and if they get a goal in front it's going to be hard for them to hard for the Belgians to get back into it. Well, Jurgen Klinsmann has told his players to um, change their return flights to the States till after the final of the World Cup. <laughs> that's what he thinks. Optimistic. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of a you know they've all got business class or first class flights anyway, which are perfectly all um, changeable and what have you without any cancellation fees and things so yeah but where would we be without a bit of hyperbole so exactly exactly yes well he's doing all right isn't he you quite I, from 
Italia 90 and everybody hating diving Klinsman to, um, to everybody wants him at their team today. He could probably still play for QPR if he was um, managing them. Is that more of a hope? Kind of, yeah. I'd rather have him playing up front than Bobby Zamora. Despite the fact, just, he'd probably the fact be cheaper. He probably would be cheaper. Despite the fact that Zamora scored that goal within the playoff final, I think that's all he did all year. So, um, so for all these then, all these fixtures, which ones are you both looking forward to the most? I would say the the last two: Argentina, Switzerland, and America, Belgium. Yeah, you, Laura. Yeah, yeah I think the Argentina game is going to be the interesting one out of that one. I want to see what France can do. Mm. I I just. I haven't seen enough of them to see whether they can sort of gently glide towards the final. Because they seem to have had an easy route so far. Yeah, they do. I mean, I've always had a soft spot for France since France 98. They've been the the, the team that I want to see do well. So I, I kind of hope they go quite far. Um, has anybody else anything else they wish to add or say or plug or comment on? Uh, just there's been a, a, a few more articles posted on Football's Fallen if you want to go and have a look it's um, at Football's Fallen okay is there a website for that uh, yeah but I always get it wrong and you always pick me up on it <laughs> <laughs> alright well, be like that then <laughs> Mark anything from you uh, no nothing to plug I'm just trying to put together the next issue of the Football Pink magazine, which hopefully will be out in the very early part of August. Okay, okay, right. Well, with that, um, I'd like to say thank you very much. So thank you to Laura. Thank you. I want to follow you. You're at Yaitor, aren't you? Y-I-C-E-T-O-R. Uh, and thank you to Mark. You're at the Football Pink, aren't you? At the Football Pink, yeah, that's right. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing another one of these podcasts before the end of the World Cup. There's um, plenty of the guys are... Um, are looking and willing and able to do one so keep your eyes and ears peeled to uh, the manofthepost.com website and also iTunes uh, any five star reviews Colin from the Sunday show will send you a personalised fridge magnet you may even sign it as well um, but thank you ever so much for listening I hope you enjoyed it and always remember to keep your man on the post said all right lads fiber for a blow job and i went no no you're all right and she went all right then 250 <laughs> <laughs> she reduced the price for you i just i just said oh, you know me kebab cost more than that <laughs> i did turn it down by the way i just don't want to make that clear <laughs> <laughs>